Welcome to our online broadcast from Sunday the 30th of August. I'm so angry. Get me over here. My name's Roger and I'm the pastor of the church here. Thanks for joining us for our online broadcast. Now some of you, if you're old enough, may well remember the comedy classic Monty Python. One of their sketches would start with the line, and now for something completely different. Some of you may even have been saying that line with me as it started off, I dare say. Well, this isn't completely different, but it's certainly different to what we would normally do for our online broadcast. We've been, con- we've been conscious that people have missed getting together and wanted to be together, which has obviously not been possible because of the whole COVID season. But this week, we held what we called was Church on the Piazza. And it's exactly as it might sound. There's a piece of land, a piece of ground just in front of our church building that lends itself perfectly to that. It's called a piazza and we are able to have 30 chairs present just in front of the building to host a kind of form of getting together. Uh, Not that we were able to sing or anything else like that, but we were able to listen to music in song but what we also did was record the teaching for our online broadcast as a part of our church on the piazza because it was outside there was obviously outside traffic because it was outside obviously it was uh, very very windy and so you'll be able to pick up some of the sound of the wind as well so do bear with us Uh, We tried uh, this uh, out as a bit of an attempt to see how it would work and we were mindful that it would be difficult to manage the outdoor conditions and have as good a quality with the sound as we might normally uh, be used to experiencing. But I'm sure you're going to be able to pick up and follow the gist gist nonetheless. Were we angry about it? Did we get annoyed? No, not really possible to do that. Reason being, well, our subject this week is, I'm so angry, get me out of here. There's been a lot of anger and angry people, hasn't there? As people have found it very, very frustrating with things being so, so different and unable to do what they might previously have enjoyed doing. And certainly people getting annoyed at being told what to do or rather what not to do. Hence why we're exploring this subject of anger. And as we think about angry people, maybe you can remember that particular character that comes to mind in the name of Basil Fawlty. This is Basil, and he's in a he's in a hurry. Can't get through. Car's blocked. He's got to reverse, and then the car conks out, and he gets very annoyed with his car. Sybil, his wife, had told him to get the car fixed, but Basil thought he knew best. So he goes and gets a branch of a tree to start thrashing his car. Basil Fawlty from Fawlty Towers.
Okay, here's a story to uh, to start off uh, today for you. A do-it-yourself catalogue firm received the following complaint from one of its angry customers. I built a birdhouse according to your stupid plans, and not only is it much too big, but it keeps blowing out of the tree. Signed, unhappy. The firm replied, Dear unhappy, we're sorry about the mix-up. We accidentally sent you a sailboat blueprint. But if you think that you're unhappy, you should read the letter we got from the guy who came in last in the Yacht Club regatta last week. <laughs> now that guy who initially wrote that letter sounded very angry. We can understand, no doubt, his frustration. This COVID pandemic has given us more opportunity to get angry because there's been lots that's made us even more stressed than we might normally feel. Stress is one of those things that, medically speaking, can indeed lead to anger. Some people, of course, alongside that suffer from anxiety and people have been increasingly anxious because of all the different things we're having to do or to not do differently. Increased anxiety can also lead to increased anger. So it's maybe no uh, surprise at all that our theme this week is... I'm so angry. Get me out of here. That is what our theme is. Now I'm feeling angry because I've just spilled my water all over, all over that. There we go. A couple had been married for 65 years. That's a long time, isn't it? Yeah, Stephen and Janine there looking at one another thinking, yeah, that is a long time, just even the thought about it. And they were interviewed about the longevity of their marriage. And the person that was interviewing them asked them this question. Have you ever, in your 65 years, thought about divorce? The man replied, somewhat outraged, divorce? No. Murder? Yes, countless times, but never <laughs> divorce. Well, the sixth commandment actually says, do not murder in Exodus chapter 20. Murder is a serious crime. Once done, it obviously can't be undone. Jesus said that according to the Old Testament law, if you murdered someone, you were then sent before the court of judgment. That court could do one of three things with you. Either send that case to a council called the Sanhedrin or confine you to a city of refuge if it was deemed an accident or thirdly execution if found guilty. The religious leaders of the day thought they were in great shape if they did not kill a person. But Jesus raised the bar somewhat. His interpretation of that sixth commandment included actions and attitudes that cause harm. So instead of those religious leaders and maybe ourselves thinking, well, that's all right, I've not actually murdered anybody. If I'd started today by saying anybody here a murderer, I don't expect anybody would have raised their hand. And if you had have done, the person next to you would have probably made a quick exit or moved away, I would have thought. And yet, according to Jesus' understanding of that sixth commandment, anger, grudges, resentment, 
prejudice, racism, bitterness and hatred all her life. Not feeling so comfortable now, are you? Maybe a little bit um, uh, sort of re regretful in actually even turning up. We're going to think a little bit more about that whole concept of anger through what Jesus shared a little bit later. But next, the song. This is a song called More Than Conquerors which was performed by Martin Maria, Michelle and Paul.
another story for you. This is a true story. Apparently a national park ranger has two sets of huge antlers as wide as a man's reach locked together. Evidently two bull moose began fighting and their antlers locked and they just could not get free. They died as a result of their anger. Wow, what a powerful illustration that is. Now, we all get angry, but for many, many different reasons. So for a little bit of audience participation, I'd like you to raise your hand if you get angry at any of the following uh, scenarios, okay? So what about getting a tune in your head but not remembering what the song is? Anybody? Yeah, several of you. What about rushing to the phone and picking it up just as it rings off and it's a number withheld? Get annoyed at that? You think, who was that? What about having a great idea in your sleep and then waking up and forgetting what that idea was? Does that get you annoyed? Yeah, some people put your hands up everything so far. What about buying something in a shop? Getting all excited about that and then seeing it elsewhere the following week for half the price. Oh, now we're talking, aren't we? Doesn't that scratch where you're itching? What about making a phone call and getting an automated service? Oh, yes, look at that. Oh, John's got both his hands up. Okay, what about when someone thinner than you complains about their own being fat? What about starting a story and then realising that no one is listening to you? I think I've already got annoyed about that already this morning. <laughs> what about waiting patiently for your turn at the bar and then somebody else cuts in and gets served before you do? That is very annoying, isn't it? What about seeing someone throw litter out of their car window? Oh, yes. What about knowing someone who didn't so they could get the wrong place? Ah, yes, but less of a smile for that one. Interesting. What about people who park in a disabled way, even though there's nothing wrong with them? Yeah, that can get us annoyed. What about hearing of animals being mistreated? Yes, I knew his hand would go up for that one. What about discovering that someone in your family was abused and this by another family member? Yes, that could be making us angry. What about hearing a racist joke, everyone laughing at it, even though the person telling a joke maintains that they're not at all racist? That may well make us angry. What about reading that a school child has committed suicide because they were bullied? by their fellow pupils. That can make us angry. Now, when I started off, it was interesting how you had the smiles on your face when we were getting angry at those kind of day-to-day -day annoying things. But they do frustrate and infuriate or irritate and aggravate. But there are others of those things on that list the further down I got that were quite serious things and we were having a deep-rooted anger towards them. Maybe for some of those it was quite close to home. And that was making us feel quite uncomfortable. We wanted to put our hand up, but maybe not 
to draw attention to ourselves. Some of those uh, things uh, would uh, make it clear that it's not always angry, uh, not always wrong uh, to be angry. Jesus was wrong, wasn't he? At injustice or how certain people were treated. One doctor mentioned these words. He said, his name is David Simmons, and he said, anger is a divinely implanted emotion closely allied to our instinct for right. It is designed to be used for constructive spiritual purposes. The person who cannot feel anger and evil is a person who lacks enthusiasm for good. If you cannot hate wrong, it's very question, questionable whether you love what is right. So that's a different element of anger. However, today, we're looking at anger that flows from our not liking things or not liking people. Maybe we could term that as being unhealthy anger. And there's been an increase of that over the last five months. Our being angry, I dare say, at the crowds we saw on the TV when people were overpopulating Lulworth Cove and the beaches. No social distancing whatsoever. Our anger our when we maybe go to the supermarket and initially somebody was walking the wrong way down an aisle despite the arrows pointing in one direction. Or somebody getting close to where they were stood in an aisle. And all we wanted was a bucket of cheese. And we end up getting angry because someone's hit approach too close. Or we see that people are not hand sanitizing, whatever it is. Or maybe there's been anger that's been expressed towards the government. Because if in doubt, let's get angry with them. Then either they're acting too hastily, too quickly, or too slowly. Most of that sense of anger, of course, we expressed afterwards. We wouldn't have done before, whether they were getting it right or wrong. But when it appears that maybe something else would have been better, it brings to a whole host of anger, particularly from an opposition party or whatever. Here's the thing. We all have the potential, don't we, to have an unhealthy anger well up inside us. And that makes us feel quite uncomfortable. But it's if we are, isn't it? There's something there that can be quite scary. There's a hell angry at times. Apparently, that's what we're thinking about this subject today. I'm so angry. Get me out of here. A snake entered a carpenter shop and as it crawled to the corner, it slid over a saw that lay on the ground and hurt itself a bit. Instinctively, he turned and bit the saw, and in biting the saw, he hurt himself badly in the mouth. Not understanding what was happening to him, and thinking he was being attacked by the saw, he decided to wrap himself around the saw, as if to suffocate it with his entire body. Tragically, the saw ended up killing itself as a result. Sometimes we react in anger, especially if others hurt us, but we are then in danger of hurting ourselves. In life, it is often better to ignore situations, people and offences, because the consequences can be irreversible and catastrophic. 
Choose to not react in anger. Treatment. 
Internalizers are people who hold their anger in and swallow their pain, or at least try to. When we bury our anger, we're burying it alive. And that can often affect our physical health. There was an article written in 1994 called War's Lethal Leftovers That Threaten Europeans. The reporter, Christopher Burns, writes these words. The bombs of World War II are still killing people in Europe. They turn up and sometimes blow up at various sites, 50 years after the guns fell silent. Unexploded bombs become more dangerous with time. With the corrosion inside, the weapon becomes more unstable and the detonator can then be exposed. True, surely, of lingering bombs can also be true of lingering anger. Buried anger can explode, can't it, when we least expect it. Or there's what can be defined as going vindictive. People who subtly seek in their anger to act that out by getting their own back. Sense of vengeance, dropping in sarcastic comments, insulting, gossiping, manipulating, jibing, giving eagles, or looking discredit another's reputation. How has God reacted to our variations of anger or our variations of doing wrong? It's through Jesus, isn't it? It's through Jesus. And it's therefore his words that we're going to listen to now. As those are going to be read for us from Matthew chapter 5. Well hello, uh, Rogers asked me today to talk about anger, uh, particularly examples of a uh, situation where I'm angry or where I see anger in other people. I'm ashamed to say I can think of hundreds of examples where I get angry, uh, particularly when driving, when uh, somebody's coming round a roundabout without indicating and they wonder why somebody else has pulled out in front of them or computers that automatically install software updates that's supposed to make everything so much better but results in everything slowing down. Politicians as well, they can anger me from time to time but we won't go there. Uh, media and journalists sometimes rile me when uh, they present a new exclusive scandal story uh, which, in fact, on further investigation, uh, turns out to be a lot more nuanced. So during my day-to-day -day working life as a hospital doctor, I see patients that are sometimes uh, justifiably angry that their operation has been cancelled or postponed, or that communication hasn't been as good in the NHS as it maybe could have been. I also have a steady stream of patients that come through my fracture clinic uh, that seem to be unaccountably angry with uh, a wall or a door or a lamppost and they seek my help for management of their finger or toe or hand fracture. But thinking about these people, often they're frustrated with their lives or angry with themselves. Uh, and I can certainly identify feeling angry with myself, although often I take it out more uh, on myself mentally rather than physically. Um, situations where I feel I haven't done something that I should have done, or I have done something that I shouldn't, or I've done something but could have done it better. Um, those are situations where I can feel quite angry with myself. So having... 
confessed these situations to you. I feel a little bit concerned about um, reading the Bible reading, which is from Matthew 5, um, starting from verse 20. I'll just uh, take a slurp of tea first. So this is um, verse 20, Jesus talking. For I tell you, unless your righteousness exceeds that of the scribes and Pharisees, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. You have heard that it was said to those of old, you shall not murder, and whoever murders will be liable to judgment. But I say to you that everyone who is angry with his brother will be liable to judgment. Whoever insults his brother will be liable to the council, and whoever says you fool will be liable to the hell of fire. So, if you are offering your gift at the altar, and there remember that your brother has something against you, leave your gift there before the altar and go. First, be reconciled to your brother, and then come and offer your gift. Come to terms quickly with your accuser while you are going with him to court, lest your accuser hand you over to the judge and the judge to the guard and you be put in prison. Truly, I say to you, you will never get out until you have paid the last penny. Back to Roger. Okay, the sixth commandment that Jesus was referring to there, do not murder. Murder is the ultimate form of anger. Moses, who was given the Ten Commandments, murdered a man. King David, that friend of God, murdered a man to cover up his adultery. The Apostle Paul, that great leader of the Christian church, murdered Christians. God used three ex-murderers to write most of the Bible. Isn't that incredible? Because they repented, God forgave them and used them. Now if that is true for the likes of Moses, David and Paul, that we'd be tempted to put on a pedestal for the way that they were used by God, surely that can act as an encouragement for ourselves. So, have you committed murder? Murder in your heart. Murder with your words. I may hurt people with my actions and attitudes. I may hurt myself by my actions and attitudes. But most of all, of course, we hurt God, don't we? Because it's our actions and attitudes that ultimately were responsible for the nails that went through the cross of Jesus Christ. We've probably broken this commandment in one form or another. Not just we'd like to read it as just those words that say, do not murder, and think, well, at least I'm okay on that one. When we analyse it close up, we maybe need to think, okay, according to Jesus, it's what goes on on the inside that can be just as venomous in God's eyes. So here's some practical responses maybe for us to consider. First thing we need to do is admit our anger. We find it a lot easier to point the finger, don't we, as opposed to admit what's down to ourselves. It's not my fault, it's how they behaved that caused me to react how I did. We then have to swallow our own medicine. Someone said the spoon, 
turns away wrath, but harsh words stir up anger. When a child bangs their finger or traps it in the door, maybe you've, you've heard said to them, or you've said to a child or a grandchild, count to ten. Maybe when we get angry, whatever number we have to count up to is good advice for ourselves. If it's going to be better to do that than to say something that we regret. Take time out. The Pharisees who plotted to kill Jesus after he healed a man with a shriveled hand on the Sabbath, what did Jesus do? He then withdrew. He took time out, we read in Matthew chapter 12. At other times, he chose to leave a long silence, or he gave an illustration, or he asked a question. There was seldom a reaction that was immediate and impulsive. I came across this story. Abraham Lincoln's Secretary of War, Edwin Stanton, was angered by an army officer who accused him of favoritism. Stanton complained to Lincoln, who suggested that Stanton write the officer a sharp letter. He did, and then showed the strongly worded letter to the president the next day. What are you going to do with it? Lincoln inquired. Somewhat surprised, Stanton said, well, send it, of course. Lincoln shook, shook his head. You don't want to send that letter. Put it in the fire. That's what I do when I've written a letter while I'm still angry. It's a good letter, and you had a good time in writing it. And you now probably feel a little better. Now burn it and write another one. How wise is that? We may well not be in the day of Abraham Lincoln, but we are in the day where we get so angry by a text we've received, and in a matter of seconds, we can react so quickly, can't we, and tap out a response back to them in our anger. Maybe it's an email we've received, and we react impulsively. impulsively. I love the quote back from AD 50 someone by the name of Seneca who said these words anger is an acid that can do more harm to the vessel in which it is stored than to anything on which it is poured let's pause as we pray dear father God Thank you that you love us and whatever we're going through right now, you can meet us at our point of need and help us through. I pray for each person listening to this prayer that you will help them to trust you with their lives 
and experience your perfect peace. Today's theme is about anger, and your word tells us to not sin by letting anger control us, and to not let the sun go down while we are still angry. So we pray, Lord, for you to protect us from other people's anger, and to help us in our times of anger. Help us to remember that you always know the truth, and if we turn to you for help, you can bring us wisdom, peace and healing. So Lord, we ask for your forgiveness and pray for your love to be poured into our hearts, that we may be your light and hope to this hurting world. In Jesus' name, Amen. That's great. Thanks ever so much, Mandy, for leading us there in prayer. It's no time for a song. This next song is called Reckless Love. Listen to some of the lyrics that we're going to be singing together now. Oh, the overwhelming, never-ending, reckless love of God. Oh, it chases me down, fights till I'm faint. I couldn't earn it. I don't deserve it. God, you've been so, so good to me. When I felt no worth, you paid it all for me. There's no shadow you won't light up. Mountain you won't climb up, coming after me. There's no wall you won't kick down. Lie you won't tear down, coming after me. Let's worship God together now. This is again performed by um, Paul. Maria, Michelle. Oh, 
shouldn't we thought we'd have a little bit of a celebration slot uh, outside. Why not? Now then, you have to be patient with me here as I just up there. And I'm going to need to put a glove on here so that the chocolates have not been touched by my hand. So they are we are being COVID uh, friendly here because uh, I'm aware of a few celebrations um, of people out here this morning. And there are maybe other people that you could pass a chocolate on to. Uh, is that okay? I hope it is. I hope it is. So, for example, on Sunday, I think I'm right in saying, Joy, it's your birthday. Is that right? Can we give Joy a round of applause, please? Joy, there you go. Oh, it nearly landed on Carol's head. That would have made her angry. There you go. Joy has got her chocolate. Fantastic. Um, now then, uh, there are also, there's a, a wedding anniversary uh, for Grace and John Weir. Now, Ian, you're closest to Grace and John Weir, aren't you? So, Grace and John, I'll let you know in case you're able to give them a, a, a ring. Grace and John will have been married on Monday for 57 years. Grace and John Weir. Let's give them a round of applause as well. Why don't Okay, who else have we got? On Tuesday, it's Rich Cox's birthday. Now, is anybody near Rich Cox that knows where Rich lives? Oh, Ian as well. You're just going to collect up these chocolates. I can see this happening. You're going to eat them all. We're going to double check. We're going to double check. Okay, that's another one. Now, on Wednesday next week, it's also... Ian's birthday. So guess who's going to get another chocolate? It's Ian. Here we go. Here you go. His hat's fallen off as well. Big catch. Fantastic. Right, now I ought to just double check. Has anybody else got a, a birthday or something that you would like to celebrate? That you could just like, yes, Carol, from where you are? Yeah. Your birthday's on Saturday. Did we, we mentioned that, didn't we, last week? Yeah. But we didn't physically get a chocolate to you. It was out here, but then went mouldy, oh, and then the rats ate <laughs> it. So you can have a brand new chocolate. A round of applause for Carol, who's going to be 21 on Saturday. Fantastic. Okay, anybody else got any, any celebrations? I think you all deserve a round of applause for coming out here today at our first church on the piazza. Give yourselves a round of applause. But I can assure you of this, it's a lot easier and better this week than it would have been had you sat where you are now last Wednesday. Can you remember how bad that weather was? Even though we, we took a, a decision to say, well, we'll leave it until nine o'clock. And I bet you're all receiving those messages and thinking, what planet is he on? There is no way that we are going to be meeting. Okay. Behind the camera. 
great. And I suppose we also actually say a chocolate uh, to them. There we go. Three chocolates already out. We've already mentioned about Joy's birthday being on Sunday, uh, uh, Sunday, but it's also on Sunday the 30th. Probably that's today. If you're watching this, the birthday of Michael Bonham Cousins, who will be three. So I'm not sure whether or not he's able to uh, watch this out in chat. If you do, Michael, then a happy birthday to you. Here's a chocolate, but it may well be that we're going to have to get your granny, Eve, to actually eat that for you, I think. We mentioned about Grace and John, and it being their 57th wedding anniversary. This is a picture of them on their wedding day. Wow, congratulations to both of them. Rich Cox, happy birthday to you. We mentioned on Tuesday, also on Tuesday, we're back out to Chad again because it's Alistair Bond Cousin's first birthday. So Eve, you've got another one here um, for you. And here's a picture of Alistair. And now a short video clip with their dad, Jack, and also Mary's in this as well. This is them having some fun out in Chad. And we've got one more birthday. We mentioned Ian Blackie's birthday. You saw Ian probably outside, very excited about his chocolates. But on Friday, the 4th, it's Joan Young's birthday. So, Joan, a happy birthday to you on Friday. Here's a chocolate that I hope we can get to you very shortly. And that concludes this week's celebrations. Okay, and now it's over to Sarah, who's going to be bringing something for the kids this week. So kids, put that iPad down. Stop swatting a fly or whatever it is. This is for you. Over to you, Sarah. Hi, community kids. Today's subject of anger got me thinking about my favourite poem, which is about someone who gets really angry and what they do about it. Now, this poem is from a book called Please, Mrs. Butler by Alan Alberg. So I'm going to tell you this story. And you've got to imagine that this is being written by a little girl who's telling her teacher what happened at home yesterday. It's called Emma Hackett's Music Book. Last night, my mum got really mad and threw a jam tart at my dad. Dad lost his temper then with mother, threw one at her and hit my brother. My brother thought it was my sister, threw one at her, but somehow missed her. My sister, she is only three, held four at him and one at me. I said I wouldn't stand for that, threw one at her and hit the cat. The cat jumped up like he'd been shot and landed in the baby's cot. The baby quietly sucking his thumb then started howling for my mum, at which my mum got really mad and threw a Swiss roll at my dad. I just like the image of all the Swiss rolls and jam tarts flying around the kitchen. God, can you imagine what a mess 
that would be to clear up. That is a bit of an exaggeration of what can go on when we get angry. But it kind of illustrates how if we don't deal with what makes us angry and talk about it, we can end up with a lot of mess going on in our lives. In fact, God tells us that if there's something that's going on that's made us angry or that we've done to someone else that's made them angry, we need to stop and go and sort it out before we even come to worship God. It's that important that we can't just come and worship God with this thing going on in our heads and thinking about it. We need to go and sort it out. And hopefully that will help us avoid flying jam tarts in the home. So if you can think of something now that's making you feel really, really angry with someone, press the pause button. Get on the phone, go and talk to them if it's someone that lives in your house and sort it out. It's really, really hard to do. But because it's what God wants us to do, we know that if we pray and ask for his help, he will definitely give us that help. So I'm going to end with a prayer. And if you want to join in, you can close your eyes and pray along with me. or say amen at the end. And if you don't, you can just listen. All right. So I'm just going to pray for God's help. All right. Thank you, God, that you do not want us to end up with the mess of lots of anger and things flying around because we haven't dealt with them. Lord, it's really easy to get angry or to do things that make others feel angry. But I pray that we will have the courage to do the hard thing and to go and sort it out with them. Please give us that courage and the right words to say. And I pray that you'll help people be responsive when we go and try and sort out what's gone wrong. Thank you for your wonderful love and that you sent the Lord Jesus to save us when we had done all sorts of things wrong and that you came to us and helped us. Amen. Bye, guys. When I was due to retire in February, I was looking forward to it. I thought I could cope. I was ready to retire and I was looking forward to it. Three weeks after retiring, we went into lockdown. The first few weeks was fine. I coped, no problem. Then my son was furloughed and there was three adults in the house 24-7. I had been used to driving to work in the car on my own, sitting in an office on my own. And I found I was getting angry because there was no time of just me on my own. I didn't want to get angry and I knew I shouldn't get angry. And when I was angry, I just kept thinking of all the times that it mentions anger in the Bible. And I knew it was wrong. So I did the only thing I could. I asked God to get me through it, to take the anger and to get me through lockdown without anger. The anger did ease, and I did get through lockdown. And I know I didn't do that on my own. I do have a temper, not as bad as it was, and I know that it's there. But this was different, and I know that I only got through lockdown 
because I gave it to God and it was him that got me through lockdown. I didn't get myself there. I like this story that kind of, um, uh, I think, really emphasises the truth and the positives of that uh, in a very real but um, rather amusing way. It was rush hour, and there was that sense of everybody fighting the traffic one morning when a young lady darted out from a side street into a stream of traffic, causing one man to break sharply. He narrowly avoided hitting her and was obviously furious. Within seconds, traffic stopped at a red light. Still incensed, the man therefore leapt out of his car and strode angrily towards the female driver's car to give her an earful. Seeing him coming, she then jumped out of her car and ran to greet him with a big smile on her face. Before he could say one word or know what was happening, she'd thrown her arms around him, hugged him tightly and planted a passionate kiss on his lips. Then she rushed back into her car and then drove away when the light turned green, leaving her antagonist standing in the middle of the streets, speechless, confused, embarrassed, but certainly no longer angry. Well, talk about nipping things in the bud. Now, whether or not you choose to do that, if you uh, angered somebody, it's up to you uh, to, uh, to consider. But I thought, well, that was a very quick response in seeking to kind of pacify the situation. It's better, isn't it, to resolve problems rather than to risk things escalating. Particularly if those things revolve our own anger, things can build up and build up and build up and grow and grow and grow, can't we? Jesus tells us in that passage that we looked at, that we had read to us in Matthew chapter 5, that if we're angry with someone, we are to go to them to try to settle the issue. Now, in my line of work, I have a lot of people coming to me about their anger with that person over there about what they've done. Now, every single time, my response is, guess what? Go and talk to the person then. By all means, if that doesn't work, then it's, uh, it is, there is a biblical precedent to involve someone else, but not in the first instance. Matthew 18 speaks of the importance of going to the person direct, doesn't it? First of all. But in this particular passage, we read that if you are going to church to worship God and you know as someone uh, who has something against you, stop, go to them, attempt to fix the problem, and then come to church and worship. Sort our issues out first, and then we're clear to come to God. Ephesians chapter 4 speaks about anger, and it says these words in verse 26. Don't sin by letting anger gain control over you. Don't let the sun go down while you are still angry. For, angry, for anger gives a mighty foothold to the devil. If we go to bed angry, we lie down and then all that anger starts eating us like a parasite. No doubt you've had times, as I would have done, when you've gone to bed angry. And it's very, very difficult, isn't it, to settle or to rest at all. Because we're trying to rest when this stuff that's unresolved and undealt with. How many times do you think the Bible talks about anger or being angry? Any idea? Anybody want to hazard a guess? 
No. 455 times. <laughs> when you think about some of the issues we get all het up about, and there's like two mentions of it in the Bible, with anger, 455 times. Interestingly, 375 of those times, it refers to God's anger. So being angry is not always wrong. Our focus be, has been that when we are angry, it's how that we ought to seek to maybe express that and what we ought to do about what we're feeling within. Much of our anger, though, is rooted with what genuinely does matter to us. Society tries to reform people, but God, through Jesus Christ, can transform people. And that was what Leslie was seeking his help for in terms of what she felt was so difficult at the beginning of this whole lockdown period. Recognising, hang on a minute, I'm feeling all this stuff within, let's go to someone who can do immeasurably more than I can maybe do myself. It was, of course, people's anger that led to this Jesus being crucified. But this Jesus that was crucified is no longer dead. He died for our sin, which included our anger, but this Jesus is now alive. And that's why we worship him, so that we might be a transformed people and know life in his name. As well as that, we're to be those changing agents on his behalf, so that people might have that opportunity to turn from darkness to light, from hate to love, from bitterness to forgiveness. So as well as God's part in changing us, we've got a part to play too. Trust that there'll be something that you've heard this morning that would just act as a little nugget that we can take from here as we think further about that issue. I'm so angry. Get me out of here. Let's turn those thoughts out to God in song.
A snake entered a carpenter's shop, and as it crawled to the corner, it slid over a saw that lay on the ground and hurt itself a bit. Instinctively, he turned and bit the saw, and in biting the saw, he hurt himself badly in the mouth. Not understanding what was happening to him, and thinking he was being attacked by the saw, he decided to wrap himself around the saw, as if to suffocate it with his entire body. Tragically, the saw ended up killing itself as a result. Sometimes we react in anger, especially if others hurt us, but we are then in danger of hurting ourselves. In life, it is often better to ignore situations, people and offences, because the consequences can be irreversible and catastrophic. Choose to not react in anger. I think we're nearly round about at the end, yes. Why? Because I'm getting hungry. I'm also pretty angry as well. Not again, despite what we've been looking at today. Mm, kind of. I am Mr Angry though, after all. Are you feeling good about that? I never feel good. I got the bit today about that we all get angry, but that's about it. Yeah, but that doesn't have to be the end. 
It's good at least you're willing to admit your anger. But don't then stop there. Maybe think about ways that you can take a step back whenever you do feel angry. And then remember to deal with that anger as quickly and as constructively as possible. If you say so. Well, I kind of do, really. But more than that, remember it's not all about the effort that we put in to try and change ourselves. It's much more to do with believing that there's a God there who's able to bring about such a change within each and every one of us. Even angry people like me? (laughs) Especially angry people like you. And if you'd like to know more about the church or you've got any other questions, please do get in touch. We would love to hear from you. Now, are you going to say goodbye to everybody? Do I have to? Mm. Give it a try. Okay. Bye. Yeah, it's goodbye from him and it's goodbye from me. Hopefully, despite the wind in the background and the traffic in the background, you were able to follow our theme today of I'm so angry, get me out of here. It's great that um, that we were able to have that opportunity for meeting outside and that may well be something that we can re, uh, repeat in the future. If you've got any questions, do please get in touch. Alternatively, why not forward this on to a friend? God bless. Bye-bye.